This is Employment Law on the Bell Talk Radio Network. Alrighty, three minutes after one o'clock. Welcome to your Sunday and your Sunday hour, the one that's going to be informative where you're going to learn lots right here on the Employment Law Show. The Employment Hour is uh, with you. John Scholes here, as always. Lior Samfiru, co-founding partner, Samfiru to Markin LLP is where you want to reach out. The uh, most positively reviewed law firm in the country. If it's a question about severance, possibly a temporary layoff, working under contract, uh, workplace harassment, any of those issues we tackle here on a weekly basis on this show and our long-running TV show as well. We'll give you details on how to catch those here in just a minute, but anytime reaching out confidentially to Lior and have a chat about your situation. It may come up while you're listening to this show. Something may pique your interest. You could do so, and how do you do that? one 855 Email answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Real simple. I'll give you more contact uh, information throughout the show that you can use anytime, but we are live, and what makes this show so amazing every week? is you, you calling in with your questions and uh, your comments as well, 416-872-1010, 416-872-1010, lines are open now, you can give us a call here at the station or text us any questions as well, that would be 71010, so bring it on, we'd love to talk to you about any topic about your work life, we're going to cover a lot of things on the show every week as we are today as well, things employees should never do without calling Lior first, again using that one eight five five number or bring it on here. And we'll talk about it over the next hour. But uh, we'll get to all that here in just a bit. But we always start off with a a case of the day or a week that was, Lior. What's going on uh, this afternoon, pal? Hey, John. Great always to be here to talk employment law, to solve some problems. You know, we we talk about employment law because it's relevant to everyone. We all have jobs. In fact, we spend more time working than we probably do uh, anything else. So it's important. It's vital, in fact, that you know your rights. You know what to do if you're facing a workplace problem, a dilemma. Maybe it's an ultimatum. Maybe you just feel that there's no options. Well, wait a second. Not so fast. The law is actually good. There are options. There's solutions. There's things that you can do. Whether you're being mistreated by your boss, maybe your job is changing, maybe you feel like you're going to be let go from your work. Whatever the situation is, there are things that you can do and things that you need to know. And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about on this show like we do every week. So if you're facing that situation, don't just listen. Listening is great, but call us with the question. Let's have a chat. And by calling us and letting us help you, you're going to be helping others that are listening as well. And of course, to take the next step beyond that, to contact me at the office. John already gave that information. We'll keep giving it to you throughout the show. But week that was, let's talk about some situations that came across my desk over the past few days, just to give people a flavor of you know, what some others are dealing with and you may be dealing with. Uh, I was uh, speaking first with a, a gentleman who uh, had recently started working with a new company. I'd only worked there for two months. After two months, that employer decided that things were just not going the way they wanted. It just wasn't the right fit. Uh, he kind of agreed that it's probably not the right fit and they let him go. And they said, you know, it's not a, you know, we don't dislike you. You're not a bad guy at all. It's just not the right fit. We're letting you go. And because he had been there for two months only, the company said to him, well, you, you were still on your probationary yeah, period. Yep. So we're not going to pay you any, any severance, but we certainly wish you all the best and, uh, you know, take care. So he called me wanting to understand what his rights were and, are and if he's owed anything. So first of all, there's two issues here. The main one was the fact that he actually was not on probation. And the reason he wasn't on probation is he never signed an employment agreement that specifically put him on probation. 
remember, you are not on probation. It's not automatic. You are only on probation if you sign an employment agreement that explicitly and specifically says you're on probation. And if that's what it says, then yes, the company may be let, able to let you go without any compensation. He didn't. His employment agreement did not say that. So what does that mean? Because he wasn't on probation, he was owed severance. And right off the bat, I assessed him as easily being owed two or three months severance because of the fact that he wasn't on probation. Again, he only worked there for two months. But that's where things got even more interesting, John. When talking to him, I found out that he actually didn't apply for a job there. He was recruited from a job that he had worked at for about 13 years. He was recruited through a headhunter, took the job, was let go two months later. Well, in that situation, when you're recruited from another job, you're owed enhanced severance if uh, uh, if you're let go later on or very quickly. In fact, that severance is going to be uh, is going to account for the time you had with the previous company. So forget about two or three months severance. He was owed about a year's severance. And John, this is a guy that only worked for a company for two months, and he's owed a year's severance because he wasn't on probation, because he was recruited from another job. So obviously, this is uh, an important thing for him to know, and I'm going to help him get that severance. But for all our listeners, you may be surprised at the various reasons and the various ways as to why you're owed severance and probably a lot more than you realize. doesn't matter what the situation is. Chances are there are reasons, there's laws, there's uh, ways for you to get much more than what you've been offered. So for this guy, it meant getting a year's pay. If you're let go, I don't care what the circumstances, whether you work for two months or 25 years, you have to give me a call. Again, guys, you can call us here now live on air, 416-872-1010, or text your questions to 71010 if you prefer. I mean, that's interesting. That that new company that let him go after two months basically inherited his service from the previous job. Now, that was only a two-month window. How long would he have had to work for the new company in event that they let him go where they don't inherit that service any longer, where he's just owed for the new, starting the new job? Probably three to three, four years. After three oh, wow. or so years, then that that previous service would not have accounted for much. Uh, But in the first three years, if you're let go and you were recruited from another job, you're going to be owed, as I call it, that enhanced severance package that does account for the time with the previous company. So one of the first questions that I ask someone, if I know that they've worked for three years or less, is how did you end up working here? Were you recruited from another job or did you apply for a job? Because as soon as someone is recruited, you, you may be looking at significantly more severance. want to remind you guys that uh, Leori, you can catch him on TV. Employment Law Show airs Saturdays on CTV, also featured on Ask a Lawyer. That is Wednesday nights at 9.30 on CP24. You'll catch Lior doing his thing and, again, answering questions there as well. Uh, the things employees should never do without calling Lior first. Let's get into this because these are so important because most people think, I don't need to call a lawyer. I can handle this on my own, or that's not even an issue because my now former employer has told me it's not an issue. Let's get through some of these, pal. Uh, number one, this this might be the biggest one right off the top. That is contact the government for advice if you've been let go. So I'm going to take a couple of deep breaths here before I get into <laughs> this because this always really upsets me. And, and let, let's, let's break it down for our, our listeners that may not know exactly what we're referring to. The government, the Ministry of Labor, the Labor Board, call it what you will, cannot help you if you lost your job, cannot help you get your full legal entitlements. Now, the the government, the Ministry of Labor can only help enforce your minimum termination entitlements. 
Now, those minimum entitlements are only a fraction of what you're actually owed, a fraction, a tiny fraction. It could be a, a week's uh, pay per year of service to a maximum of eight weeks, but that's not your full entitlements. It's your minimum entitlements, and that's much, a lot less than what you're actually owed. And the, the unfortunate thing is most people don't realize that. They may be let go. They're calling the Ministry of Labor. They're saying, hey, I've been offered this severance is adequate. And the Ministry of Labor is going to say, yes, it is, because it complies with their minimum entitlements. But that's wrong. It's not their full entitlements. Let me give you an example of how this may play out in the real uh, real life. Say you've worked for a company for three years. You call the Ministry of Labor, say they're letting me go. What am I owed? They'll tell you three weeks. Call them right now if you don't believe me. Try it for yourself. But that's wrong. In that situation, that person can easily be owed six months of pay, six months of severance, maybe even more than that. So that person that thinks or is told by the government that they're only owed three weeks pay will accept an inadequate offer because that's what they were told. Don't let that happen to you. But as bad as this is, it gets worse than that. If you actually file a claim with the Ministry of Labor to get your severance, then not only can you not get your full severance, we know that, you're then, you can't withdraw it. You're barred from pursuing your full entitlements. So that may mean just by virtue of going to the government for help, you you could be walking away from tens of thousands of dollars that you are legally owed. So very important and very uh, clear. If you lost your job, you can't go to the Ministry of Labor. You got to talk to an employment lawyer. You don't like me, that's okay. Call another employment lawyer. But that's what you have to do. Now, you can absolutely go to the government if you're dealing with a vacation pay issue, an overtime issue. For sure, you can and you should. But not when you lose your job. Never do that. Don't walk away from your legal rights. So you're okay for, like you said, oh, vacation, stuff like that. But I imagine if it's someone who's, say, been working for 30 years and then they, uh, their, their knee-jerk reactions to go to the ministry and say, what are they owed? Oh, 30 weeks and you're, you're out the door. Okay, I didn't get that much, so that sounds really good. Boom, off I go. Meanwhile, it could be 24 months, right? Well, it's actually worse than what you said because that 30-year employee is probably going to be told they're only owed eight weeks, not even cool. 30 weeks, when, by the way, they probably owe 24 months. And, you know, what makes it more confusing is the government's going to give you, you know, this 1-800 number. Please call us. You know, we'll, we'll help you. And, yes, they can. Not, though, when it comes to losing your job. Like I said, overtime, vacation pay issues, uh, holiday pay, no problem. Not when it comes to losing your job. Uh, I've, I've dealt with this for years, and every single day this happens, John. People call the Ministry of Labor not realizing that they're getting, number one, the wrong information, and actually they're compromising their legal rights. Again, reaching out to Lior when we're not doing this hour of live radio, simple, 1-855-821-5900. You can also go to employmentlawyer.ca, the website, and pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. This one's a beauty. It was put together by Lior a few years ago, rolled into that, in addition to all this information we talk about here on the show, so it's super handy, it's free, it's anonymous, severance calculator is there as well. Give us a call now, though, on the show. We're live, going to continue on with our topic. And your phone calls, 416-872-1010 or text 71010 as well. We continue Employment Law Show on the Bell Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Employment Law on the Bell Talk Radio Network. 
120 right there, Sunday afternoon. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. John Scholes here, Lior Samfiru, co-founding partner, Samfiru Tamarkin LLP. Reaching out any time confidentially, no problem, one 855 821-5900. Use that number uh, at some point and have a chat with Lior and a member of his team. You can email us as well. Sometime we get to those on the air if we got time, right? Answers at employmentlawyer.ca. But here and now, we always love having you uh, on air and joining us, 416-872-1010. Or if you text, that is 71010 as well. Want to get to our uh, first call for the show today, Lior. Good pal Adam has been hanging on for a moment. Adam, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you? I'm good. Good, sir. What's uh, What's on your mind? Yes. Uh, so I was recruited by a company a few months ago, and uh, I worked for that new company for two weeks. And after two weeks, I resigned because the management culture was very bad, and it was a it was a place full of harassment. So I resigned. Uh, after my resignation, the employers have did can't accept my resignation uh, because I have to work for them for six months because my employment contract states that if I leave, I have to give a six-month notice. But if they want to let me go, they can let me go any time. Uh, but I resigned, and after that, uh, they sued me for $150,000 so that uh, for leaving them. Uh, so I was very stressful about that. wanted to get your perspective on it. So uh, good question, Adam. So here's how this works. The only way that this would be valid, this lawsuit, is if they could show that your failure to give them six months notice cost them financial losses that they would not have had if you had given them six months notice. So for example, if you had this really unique job and it would take them forever to find someone else and in the meantime, while they're looking, they're losing money because there's no one doing the job, maybe, maybe, depending on the terms of the contract, that could be valid. But I can tell you in the 20 years that I've, I've been doing this, I, I, I have almost never seen a situation like that, regardless of what the contract says, because a company can never prove that they've lost something of any significance because the person didn't give enough notice. So do you think they've lost something financially because you didn't give them any more notice? No, they they found my replacement right away. <laughs> so so that that's nonsense. Because keep in mind, you can only sue even even if you breach a contract, you can only sue for the damages resulting from that breach of contract. So if they have no damages, if they have no losses, financial losses, that loss is is nonsense. There's no way that it has any validity. So how are you dealing with this lawsuit right now? Uh, I've been talking to a employment lawyer on it. Okay. Well, if you want my help with it, Adam, happy to connect with you. Happy uh, to, to have that chat. Reach out to me off air. Uh, but we should be able to get this uh, taken care of and gotten rid of really, really quickly. In fact, I, I may want to turn the, the tables on them. And if you quit because you're mistreated and harassed, especially given the fact that you were recruited from another job, you actually may be owed severance here. So I'm interested in seeing how if you can get money here, not just in dealing with this lawsuit. So, if you want my help, uh, by all means, reach out to me off air. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot. I will. Thanks, Ad. Appreciate the call. Interesting situation. And to uh, reach Lior and his team, uh, my friend, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, Adam, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is how you do that. Answers at employmentlawyer.ca. That seems a little steep. Huh? They replaced them right away, and they're still going after one hundred fifty. Good luck with that one. Yeah, keep in mind, soon. you know, John, with the, with the contract, 
it's one thing to show that there is a breach of contract. So let's say there's, I haven't seen this contract, but let's say there's a right. contract that says you have to give us six months notice. That's pretty crazy. But let's say that that's what it says. Well, that's not enough that he breached it. They would have had to lose something because you can only sue right. for losses. So if, if he breached it, but it didn't matter because they found the replacement and they kept going like nothing happened, then there's nothing to sue him for. So I think this is just a company that's uh, being trying to be bullies and trying to see if they can scare him uh, into paying him some money. Well, we can easily deal with that. You could do like Adam as well. Give us a call here. Get quick answers just like that. Get some relief uh, overall, right? 416-872-1010 is how you call the station. and Talk to us now. Please do. 71010 for text. Uh, just got one came in. A text. Leora says, worked for a company for nine years. Workplace harassment took place the last two years. Quit a year ago due to mental health. Can I do anything? Well, absolutely. Now, wow. if you can establish the harassment, if you can establish how you were mistreated, because uh, keep in mind, the company's not going to admit it, but if you can show that you were mistreated the, and, and that's why you quit, well, the law looks at that as a termination. We call it constructive dismissal. If you quit because someone is doing something to you or because you're dealing with a poison in a work environment, the law looks at it as a termination. If he's been there for nine years, he could be owed anywhere from eight to 12 months of severance here. So he definitely should connect with me off air. And the fact that it happened a year ago is not a problem. There's a two-year limitation period, but definitely an important reminder to, to him and, and to everyone else, if you ultimately quit because of a poison work environment, because of harassment, as long as you can show and establish that that's what happened, you're owed severance. It's not really a resignation. I want to remind you again, we love listening to Lior all over radio, you know, across the country, but you can also see him, and that happens on the Employment Law Show on CTV on Saturdays, also featured on Ask a Lawyer. You'll catch that Wednesday nights at 9.30 on CP24. I suggest you tune into that for uh, for much more as well. Uh, anyway, back to the topic for this uh, this hour, Lior. Things employees should never do without calling you first. Number two is this, and massive, still going on in a temporary layoff situation. Sit home and wait to be called back to work. Could be years, has been years in many cases right? Well, John, how many people over the past two and a half years since the pandemic started yep. uh, were put on a temporary layoff, especially in that first few months of the pandemic? Almost everyone was put on a temporary layoff. But for, forget about that. I mean, even in a non-pandemic situation, it happens. People are put on a temporary layoff. And hopefully you remember when we talked a bit about it the last show is an employer does not have a right to put you on a temporary layoff. There's no automatic right. You may have a right to treat that as a termination of employment. So what John was saying is don't just sit and wait to be called back, at least not without talking to, to me here first. Why? Well, the reason is this. So you put on a temporary layoff. You're sitting at home. Okay, you wait for the company to call you back. Obviously, if they don't call you back, then you've wasted your time. And in the meantime, you could have gotten your severance. But what happens if they actually do call you back? Well, the problem with that is by calling you back and by you accepting going back to work, you've now given them the right to do it again. So I've just told you the company doesn't have a right to lay you off temporarily, but they can gain that right by you giving them that right, by you accepting it. So by you sitting at home, being the good soldier and going back to work when called back to work, now they can do it again and again and again. And you may have thought, I'm just doing this this one time. I'm, I'm, it's not going to happen again. Well, no. By, by letting it happen the one time, uh, one time, it can happen a second, third, fourth time, et cetera. So be very careful. If you put on a temporary layoff, we may want to discuss the options, including treating it as a termination, getting severance and moving on. Uh, don't just accept it. Don't just sit at home 
at least not without talking to me first. You may regret it later on. You know, it's always interesting the perspective you put on this one when people really, uh, they wonder if the temporary layoff is such a bad thing. It's happened to so many of their friends and family. You know, it's like you're sitting at home. You're not making any money. You're getting zero dollars. But if you went into work tomorrow and your boss said, I'm giving you a 50% pay cut, you'd say, no way, you're not doing that. Well, you're accepting a 100% pay cut when you're not working on a layoff, right? Yes, that's exactly what it is. People and employers have a hard time. Employers actually uh, ask me all the time, how can you tell me a temporary layoff is, is not legal? So I, I would turn it to them and say, well, do you think you can reduce your uh, employees' pay by 50%? And they say, no, we know we can't do that. Then what makes you think you can reduce it by 100%? Right. Can't do that. A temporary layoff in most situations is a termination of employment. Uh, there are few exceptions, but in most cases, that's what it is. And both employers and employees get this wrong. Well, if you're listening to the show, hopefully now you know better. Yeah, there's so many ways uh, you can work this and uh, reach out to Lior. I'm going to give you uh, another couple here before we go into a break. There's always that phone number. We will speak confidentially. He's got a great team as well, one 821 5900 We go to answers at employmentlawyer.ca, another place for you to ask questions. Again, it's free and anonymous. You don't even need a name. You just need uh, some typing skills, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll give you all kinds of information about employment law, and there's also the severance calculator there as well. If you have not used that particular tool over two million people have over two million have used the severance calculator and you will be shocked at the correct number coming out the uh the other side of that so we'll have a look at that in the meantime grab a phone call us here for the remainder of the show 416-872-1010 or text as well 71010 to do that we'll continue employment law show here on the bell talk radio network This is Employment Law on the Bell Talk Radio Network. All right, welcome back. Thanks so much for sticking around this hour, one thirty-four on a uh, an excellent Sunday. Good time to be talking about employment law for sure. Lior Samfiru here, of course, co-founding partner Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm across this country. And reaching out is really simple. Get that phone call, spend some time, learn a lot. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Anytime you would like. Answers at employmentlawyer.ca. That's the email address we go to. You can also call the show now. We'd love to get you on air talking to us and answering some questions for you uh, on behalf of yourself or colleague, family member. doesn't matter. 416-872-1010 or text 71010 as well. What we're talking about this hour, Lior, today, important topic and things you should never do without calling you first. Hence the reason I give that number all the time. And this one's a big one as well. Most people think, ah, it's okay. It's, it's, you know, I'm put my signature here. I'm already working here. It's, it's just a piece of paper. That is sign a new employment agreement, especially, especially if you're already working there. How about that? So this is exactly right. As you said, it. a lot of people do it because they don't see the big deal. If yep. you're put a, an employment agreement is put in front of you, you're probably going to be like most people and you're going to look, okay, is the number right? Okay, is my job responsibilities correct? My hours of work? Okay, I'm, I'm good. I'll sign this. Well, not so fast. There could be many terms in an employment agreement that are much more problematic than whether you have three or four weeks vacation. They could literally cost you tens of thousands of dollars. There could be terms in an employment agreement that limit your future severance. That could mean the difference between getting eight week severance and two years severance. There could be terms in there that allow the company to change your job, change your pay, change your hours, uh, change your location. 
could be terms there that allow the company to put you on a temporary layoff and more things just like that. So if you're already working for a company and all of a sudden the company says, hey, we need you to sign a new employment agreement, be scared, be very scared, in fact. It's never a good thing and it's never a small deal. There's a reason the company wants you to sign that new agreement and that is because it's better for them. It takes rights that you would otherwise have and eliminate them or gives the company rights that the company didn't have. So very important, when you're seeing that agreement, do not sign it. First of all, you can't be punished for not signing. But before you even make that decision, give me a call. Let me see it. I can tell you right away if you should be concerned about it or if you should not be concerned about it. If there's nothing there, no problem, go ahead and sign it. But if it's problematic, which is very, very likely the case, you don't want to sign it and you'd much be better off even losing your job as long as you get your full severance than signing an employment agreement and then losing your job a year later and losing out on tens of thousands of dollars. So be very smart and be very diligent if you're ever provided with an employment agreement to sign. Let's look at the uh, scenario, Lior, where I've said, okay, I've heard the show and I've got this employment agreement. They want me to sign. I'm already working here. Maybe not. And uh, I want to send it along to you. I'm like, okay, well, I've already been here 15 years. This can't be a big deal. Now you say, yes, it's okay. You know, you can go ahead and sign. This one's fairly safe. And I do sign it. Is Does it even hold water unless they, don't they have to give me something for doing that? I can't just throw a signature on it and walk away, right? That is an excellent point and completely correct. For an employment agreement, really for any agreement, to be enforceable, you have to get something in return for signing it. So when you start a job, well, what happens then? You get the job and in return, you sign the employment agreement. So you get something, you get the job. But what happens if you already have the job and now they want you to sign an employment agreement? Well, unless you're getting something new, that agreement is not enforceable. It's not worth the paper it's written on, frankly, if you didn't get something in return. Now, that something doesn't have to be anything major. It could be a one-time signing bonus. It could be a pay increase, extra vacation, a promotion. But it has to be something of value that you didn't have before. And if the company says, no, we're not going to give you anything. Just just put your signature on this, uh, on this piece of paper. Even if you do, it's probably not enforceable. Uh, so be mindful of that. You may be in a situation where the company says to you, Look at this employment agreement that you signed two years ago. Well, because of that, we can do all these things now. Well, not so fast. If you didn't get anything in return for signing it, it may not be enforceable. And of course, to find out, is it enforceable? Is it not? And what it all means, just give me a call. That's right. And any time outside the hour of the show, you can do that. one 821 5900 Also, tons of information in that regard at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Use that website. It's free and anonymous. But guys, you still got time here to, uh, to make that phone call and talk to us live on air and ask your questions, right? 416-872-1010. If you prefer just to throw a quick text in there you can do that at 7 10 10 what if lior uh, you know this employment agreement thing is really interesting what if it is a new job i'm eager to start my job and it's like okay here we go we're day one i walk through the door i've started my gig and then by lunchtime that's when the boss comes and says oh yeah we forgot you got to sign this now is does that even have any legal bearing whatsoever well that puts us in exactly that situation that i talked about once you start working so it's your first day, you know, you're, you're, you're working and then uh, come lunchtime. Well, guess what? By then, you already have the job. Uh-huh. So if your employer says to you at lunchtime on your first day, sign this employment agreement, 
by then, frankly, it's already too late because you have the job, you've gotten it, you didn't have to sign it, and you've already started working. And by the way, it's the same thing even if, if uh, even in a situation where you haven't started the job. So a company says, okay, uh, we're going to hire you, uh, pay you $60,000, you're going to be doing this job starting on Monday. Are you cool with it? Yes, I'm cool with it. Thank you. You have a deal at that point. If the company wow. didn't say anything that you have to sign an agreement, and then later they want you to sign one, even by then it may be too late. So very important uh, to remember that. And the reason why we're, we're talking even about getting out of employment agreement is the rule is this. For an employee, it is far better not to have signed an employment agreement. You are much better starting a job on a handshake or you know something that you wrote, wrote on the back of a napkin in the pub that is 10 times better than having a 10-page employment agreement with a lot of legalese that I can promise you will only take away rights. So an employment agreement, a very important document for an employer. For an employee, not having one is the best thing. We are talking about things you should never do without uh, calling Lior first and getting some clarity and education for sure. This one, another big one. Uh, make assumptions about your status as an independent contractor. That, uh, that term's bandied about all the time, right? That's right. And that's because most individuals that truly in- believe that they're independent contractors are, in fact, misclassified. So you may think you're an independent contractor because the company says that you are, that you signed an agreement that says that you are. Maybe it's because that's how you pay your taxes, like an independent contractor. So yeah, it's easy to think, well, if I pay my taxes and I sign something that says I'm an independent contractor, that must mean I am. Well, let me ask you this question. Let's take the most classic employee. Let's take someone working at a fast food restaurant. You know, They have their few shifts a week. Clearly, they're employees, right? You know, if you flip burgers and a fast food, you're an employee. Well, what happens if the company chose to say, we're going to call you an independent contractor now? Does that make them an independent contractor? Is it that easy to circumvent employment laws? Obviously not. Well, that doesn't just apply to the uh, person working at the fast food restaurant. It applies to everyone. If you have a job, as opposed to running a business, then you are an employee. It doesn't matter what the company calls you. It doesn't matter how you pay your taxes. If you work for a company and you work for them regularly and you do what they tell you to do, uh, and that's what how you earn your income, you are an employee. You're not a business owner. So why we're talking about assumptions here is if you assume that you're an independent contractor, even if that's wrong, well, what happens if you lose your job? You'll assume you're not owed anything, right, because you're an independent right. contractor. But that's wrong. Because you are an employee and have been misclassified, you're going to be owed severance like an employee. And that could be as much as two years pay. So don't ever make assumptions. If you want to know if you're an employee or an independent contractor, call me. You can also go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We have a tool there that allows you to find out if you're an employee or contractor. Don't assume that you're a contractor. You potentially are not and have a lot of rights as an employee. Even if I say, you know, Leroy, we got an agreement. Me and the boss are good. We, bo- we both agree. We don't care what the government says. We're both okay with it. Well, you know, you may be okay with it, but what happens if and when the government comes and audits you? Uh, you know, our huh. friends at CRA come and audit you. They won't care what your agreement is. There'll be fines, there'll be penalties. And also, what happens if you lose your job? Are you still going to be okay not getting the two-year severance that you should have otherwise been getting? So, you know, you want to be on the right side of the law here uh, no matter what. You should never, ever knowingly uh, or or, uh, kind of willfully be willfully blind to the law. 
Still lots of time to go here. Lay us a phone call. Bring on some questions. Ready to, uh, to bat it out of the park. Lior is for sure. 416-872-1010 is how you do that. You want to text? That's fine. 71010 as well. And emails anytime. Answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Lots of time to go. We'll continue Employment Law Show here. This is the Bell Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Employment Law on the Bell Talk Radio Network. Oh, it's getting all groovy now. It's 149 Employment Law Show. Love having you here. Beautiful stuff. You want to call in? You got some time, don't you know? 416-872-1010 or text us at 71010. Lior Sanfiru, your host here, always ready to answer questions outside the hour as well. Answers at employmentlawyer.ca. Call 1-855-821-5900. Sanfiru to Mark and the most positively reviewed law firm in the entire country. Reach out and watch Lior doing his thing on TV as well. You'll catch the Employment Law Show Saturdays on CTV. And if you haven't seen it yet, it's great stuff. Ask a lawyer Wednesday night on CP. 24 as well. I believe, Lior, we have a couple texts. So I want to get to the uh, first one. It says, hello, Lior, I uh, work on commission plus base salary. If terminated, what am I entitled to? Base salary only or salary plus some average of annual commission earnings? Great question. Great question and one that comes up very often. And the answer here is extremely easy and straightforward. And that is you get salary and commissions as part of your severance. We would look at an average of your total earnings depending on how long you've worked for the company, we will either look at a a one-year average or two or three-year average, but we will look at that average and that's the amount that we will use for severance. Now, it's very common to see a company when they let someone go to conveniently neglect and forget to look at commissions and bonuses, et cetera, and just use base salary. That is wrong, that is illegal. So yes, it has to be salaries, commissions, bonuses. Uh, It has to be any other car allowance, any other perk that you would have as well. So all parts of your compensation, all components have to be included as part of your severance. Get to a, a second text here just came in. It says, I am an hourly paid, I am hourly paid rather a dental practice, and my payday is supposed to be every second Friday, almost always. We're not paid until Saturday or Sunday. Can anything be done about this? Well, here's the concern. It, it, obviously, if you're supposed to get paid on Friday and you don't get paid till Saturday or Sunday, that's a huge deal because you still need bills to pay and, and you need that money in your account. The problem is this. The problem is that if this has now happened regularly and for a while, then you're almost now considered to have accepted this new reality that payday is Saturday or Sunday instead instead of Friday. And that's a problem. Uh, so that's why whenever your employer does something that they're not supposed to, you only have a small window to deal with it or you're considered to have accepted this. So if this happened recently, yes, you may be able to to do something and I can get the company to back off. But if this has been going on for a while, my concern is that this person has accepted it and now there's not going to be a a lot that they can do other than, of course, talk to their employer and make sure that they understand why this is such a huge problem. But, you know, you you never want to sit for too long on your legal rights. 416-872-1010. 416-872-1010. You still got some minutes. You want to bring a phone call in and talk to us. We'd love to uh, love to talk to you. In that regard, we'll get to Ralph. Ralph, thank you so much for standing by for a moment. How are you today? Not bad. Everything's working fine. I'm in Canada. Everything's nice. fine. Nice. What's, uh, what's your question, brother? 
Okay, I every time I I, I come to work at uh, three o'clock, uh, I get harassed from the management all, all the time. Somebody hit uh, one of the employees hit me in the back of the head, and, and I got suspended. Uh, are you part of a union, Ralph? Yeah. So the only one that's able to help you in this situation is the union. They can they, grieve they, the they suspension. Yeah, and, and I'm not surprised to hear you say that, unfortunately. I hear that often. But from a legal standpoint, it's not a question of whether they've done something or not. It's simply a matter that they're the only ones allowed to do something about it. So other than push the unions and to, to, to deal with this, to deal with the harassment as well as with uh, to grieve the suspensions because you don't want it on your record, they're the only ones that can do that. You can't hire a lawyer. You can't do anything on your own. It has to be a, a, the union. In a non-union situation, it would be very different, but otherwise it has to be the union. Okay, but, but the point I made to you, the union didn't do nothing. They went along with the management. I, I, I hear you. All I'm saying is even if that is true, there's still not much that you can do because the problem with being unionized is that the union is the only one that's allowed to help you. So uh, there really is no other option for a unionized employee. That okay, is the problem with being unionized. Okay, quick, I Ralph, to, what is it? Uh, the, I went to the Ministry of Labor, and they tell me I've been harassed on a daily basis, and, and, and nothing got done. They told me I had a case. Okay, so what's the question? The question is, uh, why can't I... Uh, so I got uh, I got laid. Uh, I took early retirement, and nobody did nothing. I should have never got early retirement. That's okay, like question. I said, the union is the only one that could do anything here, Ralph. So so you want to talk to them and, and and push them and maybe even shame them into doing something. But there's really no other options other than that. That again, that is the problem with being unionized. Ralph, appreciate the call, pal. Appreciate it. And uh, we're going to move forward here for the next uh, couple of minutes. Just be a good time. Uh, thanks, Ralph, for calling in and, and highlighting that, that, Leora, it's not just you. It's just you don't choose not to. It's the fact that you can't. Union employees are different. You cannot help them in that regard when it comes yeah, to Yeah, nothing would make me happier, John, than to, to be able to help unionized employee with overnight double the amount of people I can help. That's yeah. not, uh, not, not a bad thing at all. Unfortunately, with unionized employees, the only one that's allowed to help them is the union. And very often, every single day, I get calls just like Ralph's saying, well, that's fine, but they're not helping me. So, okay, if they're not helping me, there's got to be something else. Unfortunately, there isn't. I know it sounds crazy, but there really isn't. Because remember, the, the, the one with the rights is the union. The unions have the agreement with the employer, not the employee. So the union is the only one that can do something if the employer does something wrong. So that's always the answer. That's why, John, what we talk about on the show really only applies to non-union employees. Right, right. We were talking about this hour as well, things employees should never do without calling the or first. This one is really where the money is, and that is sign a severance offer. Heck no, never, never do that. Ever. I don't care if you're young or old or in a senior position or a junior position, if you work for a month or, or many years. You cannot, under any circumstances, just sign off on that severance offer. Remember, the vast majority of people, well over 90% of people, when they are let go, that severance offer is completely inadequate. And I said inadequate. I don't mean that, well, you know, they offered me six months and it should have been seven. That's still inadequate. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying that in most cases, it's they offered you six months and it should have been 12. 
So that's why it's so, so, so important to get that legal advice before you sign it. It's it's the number of months that you're owed. It's what's included in it. It's how is it paid? Is it pays a lump sum or is it paid over time? Does it get reduced if you find another job? There's many things that we need to make sure are correct. Once you sign that piece of paper, and a lot of people say, well, I signed because I felt the pressure. They told me it's going to expire Friday. So I signed it because I didn't want it to expire. Once you sign it, you can't go back. That Friday deadline or whatever that deadline is on that severance offer is meaningless. Your legal rights do not expire Friday at 5 or Tuesday at 5, whatever that deadline is. In fact, they don't expire for two years. So it's a pressure tactic. Don't fall for it. If you're listening to the show, you now know better. If you lost your job, give me a call. Let's talk about what you're owed and let's make sure that the offer that you ultimately accept complies with your legal rights. So you just simply say, guys, I appreciate it. And a sophisticated employer will say, yeah, go ahead, take it home, ruminate on it for a bit or, you know, seek some advice, whatever. But a small employer may think, no, no, I need this back now, right? That That's absolutely fine if they think that. It doesn't matter what the employer thinks. It matters what your rights are. And if your right is to get more severance, you will get it. And it doesn't matter if the company wants you to sign it by a date. You decide when you sign because your rights don't expire. So your employer may think they offered you a good severance package. They may actually believe that, but it doesn't matter what they believe. It matters what they've actually done. And in most cases, they're wrong. You're owed much more. And the good news is it's actually not difficult to get you what you're owed, but it starts by making a phone call. And that phone call, 1-855-821-5900 and answers at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next week. The Employment Law Show on the Bell Talk Radio Network.